Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Ricardo. How is life? I'm doing pretty well. It's the middle of August. It's been good to have a nice summer. And how about you? Summer is especially good. Plus, our garden is producing great quantities of produce. And that's very good news. And you'll be at that probably another month or so? Yeah, and then we will start looking at what you can plan at the end of the of the season. One One of my... One of the things I insist that we have to take advantage of any day nature gives us. All right. It's excellent. I'm excited that that's worked out so well for you. Good it's enough. an interesting project. Plus, it, it, I, disco- I know that. It calms me. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the calmer person you know. Um, no comment on that. And Thank you. And, um, but gardening helps me. And I also had my little garden in a patio that I have in the in the parish. You've never you've never accepted still, my invitation to visit my parish, so you don't know this. I just realized that I've never stopped out yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a small patio, but it's it's my my corner of peace. How would you say that? My my refuge, my yeah, shelter. Yeah, sanctuary. Yeah. You know, it was baking a couple of years ago, then hiking, then piano playing for a little bit. When I realized I was so terribly bad, then I moved to a new thing. And this year it's been planting. Excellent. Always Garden. learning. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Always learning. So here we are. It's a special day. It's a solemnity. This Sunday, we are not doing the the, the normal Sunday that would be in ordinary time. But, but it's the solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. And that's why... It's more important than the Sunday, and that's why we are doing this. Which happens always on August 15th. So that's why this is. there's no kind of choice there that we're making. But always on August 15th is the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And happens to fall on a Sunday this year, as July 4th did as well. That doesn't happen very often with July 4th. It was nice to have that. And here we'll have just a little uh, exception. So it might be a little confusing when you come to Mass. This wouldn't always happen on a Sunday. It would be especially confusing if, if the preacher has been following or being very aware of how we follow the gospel that now we jumped into something else. It, it happens several times. I remember one year that for me it was especially difficult because of a solemnity. We skipped reading the Beatitudes that would explain the following Sundays in, in the cycle of Matthew. And, and, and I was bothered by that. But some people get bothered about some things. Others we get bothered about other things. This year I think we'll be thankful that we are moving from from the very, very highly theological uh, Gospels we had, and we are reading a, a beautiful Gospel from Luke. 
All right. So why don't I read the gospel for the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary during the day? If you if there's an option that might happen if you come on Saturday nights, but this is the one that we're going to use, which is for the day. Where where should I read from? You are reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter one, thirty-nine to fifty-six. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Great gospel. So you've got the visitation there and then what's called the Magnificat. Do you want to explain what the Magnificat is? Oh, well, the Magnificat is a Catholic prayer that, for instance, those of us who are supposed to do the liturgy of the hours every day, we, we read that prayer always in the, in the evening prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. It's poetry almost. And, and we see Elizabeth saying the Hail Mary and Mary answering. So those are poetic answers. You know, what, what I do with these feasts that are doctrinal feasts, I think I, I would like to begin the homily explaining to people what the feast means, the Assumption of Mary. It's very interesting because the Assumption of Mary is at the end of Mary's life. And we go to a gospel that actually describes the, the beginning of the, of the vocation of Mary, right? She just has been told, and the Annunciation, that, and, and immediately the angel Gabriel sends Mary to, to assist her relative Elizabeth. So I think that's, that's the, the first thing I would do. Well, and I think there's something very beautiful about that, isn't there? We're looking at the very early, they're like bookends, the very early part of her life. As we look then to, in a sense... I hate to use the word reward, but maybe the best word, but her heavenly reward. That at the end of her life, for that, there's that obedience, that love, that humility to what God wants. Here in this situation here where she's perhaps scared, she's not sure what's going on. She goes to Elizabeth for some support. But then you see at the end of her life, just that really kind of special gift of, of being able to sit at the right hand of her son in heaven. A mysterious kind of solemnity, of course. But I just think there's something very beautiful about those bookends there. Mm-hmm. When I read this gospel or, or gospels about Mary, the, the Annunciation, or the one we read, the Visitation, the one we read today, 
I think that the historical method helps also to to realize that what you were saying, Mary is a very young woman, right? And also that the trip from from Nazareth to to where this is happening near Jerusalem, it's a long, difficult trip. It's beautiful to realize all these things when you when you read this. But then the the answer of the Magnificat, as you as you would say, it's a hymn, as as you were telling me off the record. It's a hymn, it's a poetic answer, but it's a beautiful one. Elizabeth is praising her and Mary answers. It's not me, it is God who has done these things through me. And this very Jewish remembrance of what God has done in the past for someone. And then this part about showing the strength of God's arm by exalting the poor and putting down the, the rich. It's, it's, a, it's a great answer. It's a great prayer. I don't think we appreciate, or at least I haven't always appreciated, how often through the New Testament that hymns show up through all of the scriptures mm-hmm. that hymns show up, and they're not they're not always labeled that way. So, you know, you use the word poetic or a hymn, and I think I agree with that. Sometimes you see here almost a formula or something that seems a little polished, you know, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And what that means is it's probably taking on either the form or the words or parts of the thoughts of something else. Uh, you see this in, in um, some of Paul's letters as well, or the mm-hmm. Acts of the Apostles, a hymn. I just think that's very beautiful, that it's not just kind of walking around and talking, but there's real celebration here. Here, a hymn, as hymns often do, remembrance, remembrance of what God has done, taking up really the, the Jewish the Jewish faith here. So it's interesting just to notice that sometimes when you see a little, something that sort of stands out in the scriptures, sometimes what's happening there is a, a hymn or a Home that's being said, and it's interesting. This is a very dynamic kind of life here. I also want to point that many of priests working in Hispanic ministry and doing quinceañeras, this celebration of when a young Mexican woman turns 15, I would say that that's the gospel that it's mainly used for mm. that celebration. And and to try to make them think about, be, be like Mary in this gospel, how quickly she goes to help, how she's a person of joy that you see she comes into that room and everybody becomes happy, even, even John... The Baptist sleeps in Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's womb. And, and this prayer of humility, it's through God that all these things have happened. Maybe that's a good message for everyone, not only for 15-year-old Mexican women in the U.S., but for everybody this weekend to be, be like Mary. See, see how many good things this, this short gospel shows about the, the personality, the, the temperament of, of Mary. You're exactly right. And then I'm going to go, just as we started, I'm going to go back to then the end of her earthly life. Look at the things that are above. So think of the things that are above. And I think that really is what this gospel, what this solemnity, what this feast really challenges us to do this Sunday is think of the things that are above. Paradise, uh, life forever with, with God, with Mary, with Jesus next to her. That really is our goal of our earthly pilgrimage. And and how different then if every aspect of our day was oriented that way. Mm-hmm. And you see a pretty good example right here in Mary and also in Elizabeth, just the joy that's there. So what if we were to orient our entire life to be looking forward to heaven? That's what I what I get excited about with this feast is to think of heaven. Mm-hmm. What I don't know that maybe would complete the homilies to look at the historical data about the, the celebration. And I don't know if this will surprise you, but Wikipedia is very good for these things. You, you do Wikipedia, you that, yeah. the Assumption of Mary, and they always have a very 
well-written summary of the historical circumstances of this feast. And remember often, but especially today, connect to the first reading. It's uh, Revelation, Book of Revelation, chapter 12, and image there of a woman of, uh, of 12 stars. And there's this, in a sense, what we believe in, in image or an allegory of, of Mary is very present in the Book of Revelation, and that's one of the spots there. So that's interesting just to connect on this solemnity. Would you agree that as a good theologian that you are, you are taking more the theological, doctrinal, and I'm taking more the scriptural, historical, no? Uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think it comes together in more the spiritual approach of, of looking looking towards heaven and, and how Mary helps us to do that. So, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> anyway, more theological, more scriptural, we complement each other and... I think that that's enough for this for this celebration. I think people will have enough to to reflect about how this Mary compels us to to become like her in in our own lives. I think that's great. I think it's a great great to pray about. So head to mass this weekend, and we will join you next week. How about that? I'll see you there. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.